0: The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities that they represent. This program is intended for educational purposes.
1: आप सुन रहे हैं है यू आर लिसनिंग सुनो था मंगल कहकनदा यू कहता इधर रे कथा सुन रेडियो रेडियो
0: अजीम रेंज यूनिवर्सिटी
1: हुई मुद्दत के ग़ालिब मर गया पर याद आता है वो हर एक बात पे कहना कि यूं होता तो क्या होता it's been a while since Ghalib is dead and gone, but we keep remembering his habit of saying at every turn, what if this had happened? What if things had turned out this way instead of that? Hi, my name is Amit Basole. I teach economics at Azim Premji University. This show, though, is not about economics. It's about the poetry and the world of Mirza Ghalib. I discovered the poetry of Ghalib when I was in my early 20s, doing a PhD. At the time, I used to study biology. But I was sucked in by Urdu poetry and music. I discovered a website. This is in the early days of the web. A website dedicated to the poetry of Ghalib. And the more I read, the more my heart with pleasure-filled, to quote a contemporary of Ghalib that many of us have read in school. Now, I'm not a scholar of literature or of Urdu. I'm not even a native Urdu speaker. But Ghalib really speaks to me and I think he will probably speak to you too. More recently, I worked on a book with a friend of mine, Anju Maltaf, who is in Lahore. Uh, the book is called Thinking with Ghalib. And in doing that book, I realized how relevant Ghalib was to our times today, not just the beautiful poetry, but the ideas that he was talking about. And when Azim Premji University Radio Station came along, it seemed the perfect opportunity to introduce Ghalib to newer and newer audiences. I hope that in this series, through these poems, you'll see what I mean when I talk about the relevance of poetry to us. After all, William Carlos Williams, a famous English poet, Mm -hmm. expressed it, I think, better than anywhere else I've seen. He says, it is difficult to get the news from poems, yet men die every day for lack of what is found there. That poetry teaches us to be human and to live with each other. What we are going to do in this show over the course of the next few episodes is explore Ghalib, the man, his times and above all, his poetry. So join me and find out.
0: You hota, to The World of Ghalib with Amit Pasole. Episode 1, The Man and His Times
1: The year is 1842, an Englishman named James Thomason, who was the Lieutenant Governor of the Northwestern Provinces, has a job to do. He is conducting job interviews for the post of Professor of Persian in the new Government College in Delhi, popularly known as Delhi College. One of the applicants for this job of professor of Persian is a 45-year-old man, aristocratic bearing, wearing his trademark flowing chogas, a robe with a kamarband, and a tall kula or hat on his head. It is Mirza Asadullah Beg Khan, better known to us by his pen name Ghalib. Mirza Ghalib is applying for a job to teach Persian. All of us have heard of Alib and poetry, and many of us have seen the show. Where is this job interview coming from, you think? Well, I'm going to tell you about it. Incidentally, the guy who's interviewing Alib, James Thomason, you know what else he is known for? He was the guy who suggested that the first modern engineering college in India be set up to train engineers who were working on the then Ganga Canal. And this college, which is called the Thomason College of Civil Engineering, after him. We know today as IIT Roodkey. A funny thing happened in this job interview, uh, which I assume must have been Ghalib's one and only interview for a job in his life. So he comes to the interview in his palki. Remember, he's an aristocrat, he goes everywhere in palki. And he waits there. The palki bearer set down his palki and he's waiting there. And inside is our Mr. Thompson waiting for the candidate to come to the job uh, interview. And for a long time nothing happens. Our interviewer is inside waiting, and our interviewee is outside in his palki. Finally, Thompson says to the orderly, kya <laughs> Why is this person not here? The orderly comes out and he sees Mirza Ghalib sitting there in his palki waiting. He says, Saab Bulara interview ke No. Sir, it's calling you for interview. And Ghalib says, but I, I have to be received. Nobody has come to receive me yet. You're just an orderly. So the orderly takes the message back to the sahab. And says, sahab, this is what is being said. He wants somebody to come and receive him, he says. "Thompson comes out. And he explains the situation to Ghalib and says, Look, if you're a visitor to the palace or an official guest, you know, somebody will come and receive you. Here you've come to interview for a job. Nobody's going to come and receive you. You have to come in yourself. Ghalib is horrified, aghast. I was told that this job would increase my honor in society. It looks like it's going to cost me whatever honor I already have left. I don't He sits in his palki goes back. And so he never, in the end, ends up doing this job. Frances Pritchett, who is a professor of Urdu at Columbia University, uh, who has a wonderful labor of love site on Ghalib called The Desert Full of Roses. I encourage you to really check it out. She quotes this anecdote of the job interview uh, in one of the verses of Ghalib. So the anecdote is from, incidentally, a book uh, by an Urdu literary critic called Mohammad Hussein Azad, who tells us this story about Ghalib. Pritchett has taken this story in her entry on the following verse of Galib, and see if you can make the connection. Here's the verse. Bandagi me bhi wo azada or khudbi hai ki hum. Bandagi me, in servitude. Bandagi me bhi wo azada or khudbi hai ki hum. Ulte phir aaye dar dare kaba agar wanahua. It's a difficult verse maybe for some of you, so I'll explain some of the difficult words. Even in servitude, even an I am a bandha. I'm so self-regarding and free azada and khudbeen and how free and self-regarding am i the second line gives you the proof as it were that when i go to the mosque to pray i expect the door to open to receive me and if it doesn't then i'm just going to come back ulta agar masjid ka khula of course he's making fun as you can imagine but this is Ghalib. He is very mischievous even when he's making serious points, as we will see many times in our show. How does this story connect to the job interview? Well, I leave it to you to make the connection. What I want to talk about is also how this story nicely captures the contrasts with which Ghalib lived all his life. On the one hand, you have all the niceties and the trappings of a, an aristocratic age. When people are used to being received in a certain way, there is all this protocol to be followed and so forth. That's one side. And the other side, you have the modern world of jobs and colleges and things like that, which is very familiar to us, actually. Ghalib is in the middle of all of this. In fact, he has another verse in which he jokes about how he is now a knocker and he should forget about the fact that he used to be something much more an aristocrat. He says, Ghalib, Vazifa khwar ho. Do shah ko dua. A wazifa is a pension or a stipend. So a wazifa khwar is somebody who eats, literally, a stipend. Or somebody who lives by a pension. Ghalib, wazifa Khwar ho, do shah ko dua. Praise the emperor. Wo din gaye kehte the, hu main. Those days are gone when you used to say, I am not a servant. Now, in fact, I am. So through these verses, Ghalib is reflecting... On one of his most, one could say, defining characteristics, and certainly we know from his letters something that weighed on his mind very heavily.
2: On the other side, जर्रा
1: जर्रा what is this? salman?
0: A lot of uh, writers, especially history writers, make the mistake of putting the cart before the horse. All stories are actually driven by characters, the horses, and when your story begins to be told through the eyes of characters, they come alive. All great storytelling is all about people taking you through a maze of developments, even setbacks, sadness, happiness, celebrations, and a lot of fun. The India Project are our efforts to celebrate those characters who haven't received enough attention from the mainstream history writing. The India Project with Josie Joseph only on Radio Azim Premji University.
1: Even though he had no children of his own, Ghalib was responsible for his brother's family. His brother had been mentally unsound. He had died early. There, there were his children to be taken care of and there were other members of the extended family to be taken
2: care of. My brother died. His daughter, Alif's boyhood
1: was spent in Agra. He got married uh, quite early when he was 13. His wife was only 11 at the time. And he moved to Delhi. So he moved to Delhi around 1810. And thereafter, more or less, remained there till he died in 1869. What is interesting about these times and of which Ghalib was fully a participant is that Delhi was about to enter into a kind of a sort of a golden age of cultural efflorescence or renaissance. Several decades of peace and stability under British rule were accompanied by a lot of poetry writing, the development of Urdu prose, regular poetry gatherings uh, under the patronage of the Mughal emperor who had no political power but had all of this Cultural capital. He died in 1869, fully 12 years after the First Indian War of Independence in 1857. So you can imagine the historical political distance that we travel during his lifetime. When he's a boy in Delhi in the early 1800s, the British are just getting in control of Delhi. By the time he is dead, Victoria is now Queen of India. The world has completely changed and Ghalib himself lived through all of these changes. We can see this in his poetry very clearly. On the one hand, he is the inheritor of a classical poetic tradition that goes back hundreds of years by a Persian to great poets like Rumi and Hafiz and so on. On the other hand, he is also a very modern person who, when in Calcutta, picked up the habit of reading newspapers. At the time, Delhi didn't have newspapers. When he went to Calcutta, he was exposed to all of these modern institutions, in a way, brought in by the British. So, Ghalib's poetry is classical. It connects back to centuries of poetry, but it's also modern. He is, as some people have said, the last classical poet of Urdu and the first modern poet of Urdu. So, for example, to take these many moods of Ghalib, if you think of a famous couplet of his, like uh, Mat pooch ke kya hal hai mera tere piche. Tu dekh ke kya rang tera Don't ask what happens when you are not with me. What hal becomes of me? You just see when you are in front of me how radiant and glowing you are. तुम this is a very classical love theme And Ghalib has many verses, beautiful verses like this In this theme which we will explore in our later episodes But he also has other moods Which many of us today would recognize instantly As a very, very modern sentiment For example, think about Bas ke dushwar hai har kaam ka Meaning, that every job can't be easy. Even human beings can't be human. Meaning, that play between admi and insan that we can relate to so much, that we are all biologically human beings or whatever. But to be human is something different. It's not enough just to be born in this biological species that we call homo sapiens. It's about values, it's about behaving in a certain way. And our modern condition is exactly the disconnect between being an Admi and aspiring to be an insan, having that insaniyat. Again, this kind of take on the human condition really makes Ghalib so instantly relatable to us, much more than many of these classical things about wines and beloveds and all of that, which he also has. 1857 is a huge event, of course, in Indian history, but also in Ghalib's own personal history. He was an old man by the time 1857 happened. He had an established reputation for being one of the preeminent Urdu and Persian poets of the time. Uh, he had, with great difficulty, attained the status of court poet, also by then, of the Emperor Bahadur Shah Zafar. So to have all of this come crashing down in a huge, violent upheaval was a tremendous shock to him personally. And this comes out repeatedly in his letters. We have a lot of letters that he wrote to a wide variety of people. His shagirds mainly, his students. He had many, many students who he taught how to write poetry. His patrons, people who used to support him and so on. There's a circle of people that he is regular correspondence with. And in those letters written in the late, 1850s, early 1860s, uh, he talks repeatedly about what was lost in those years for him personally and in general for society. Uh, And one remarkable personal loss is that he says at one point in one of his letters that he himself doesn't have much of his poetry left with him
2: anymore. अब मैं अपने कलाम के देखने को तरसता हूं कई दिन हुए कि एक फकीर के वो खुश आवाज भी है और जमजमा परदाज भी है एक गजल मेरी कहीं से लिखवा लाया उसने वो कागज जो मुझको दिखाया यकीन समझना कि मुझको रोना आया गजल तुमको भेजता हूं और सिले में उसके इस खत का जवाब चाहता हूं he says,
1: Mera mere pas When I want to read my own poetry, I don't know where to turn to. And that is because people who had these collections and books, their libraries were ransacked and burnt and, and so forth. So imagine a man who is famous in his own lifetime, in fact so famous that in another one of his letters, he chastises somebody who has inquired, you know, I want to write to you uh, and through a friend he asked him, can you send me Ghalib's address please, I want to write to him and Ghalib is very annoyed at the fact that somebody should have to ask his address.
2: He says, <laughs> aur in khutoot ko tum dekh chuke ho aur phir mujhse poochte ho ki apna maskan bata aap sirf delhi likh kar mera naam likh diya kijiye khat pahunchne ka main
1: you just say ghalib and delhi i am responsible for ensuring that it reaches me right? don't worry the letter will reach me and that gives you and i'm sure that's not a boast actually given how famous he was at the time now imagine this guy, multiple volumes of poetry out, even his collection of prose, his letters were published in his lifetime. So people recognize the value of all of the output that he was producing, and he is, as I told you, in want of money, applying for jobs and failing, borrowing and in debt, and after eighteen fifty seven really has lost the one kind of, you know, capital or wealth that you think a man like him has, which is his own work In one of his uh, poems Ghalib has the following lines which capture the shock that was 1857 He says ka zara zara khak. Tashna khun hai har ka. Every speck of dust in Delhi zarra zarra is thirsty for the blood of Muslims. Tashna khun hai har musalman ka. Tashna, incidentally, is a very interesting word in Urdu, which is the same as the Sanskrit word Trishna. It's one of those nouns that you find in Ghalib which are not coming from Persian or Arabic, but actually from Sanskrit. Anyway, this verse communicates the kind of tumult and the shock that particularly the city's Muslims, because they were associated with the Mughal Empire and suspected of loyalty to the restoration of that empire uh, that they were subjected to. Uh, There is a classic Ghalib anecdote which mixes this trauma and grief and anxiety with mischievousness because that's always so intertwined in his personality. When 1857 happened and so forth, after that... There was all of this stock taking of who is in Delhi, who is suspect, who is on your side, who is on our side and so forth. And people were being called, hauled up in front of the British. And so was Ghalib. And the officer asked Ghalib, as he was asking everyone else,
0: Are you a Muslim?
1: And Ghalib's answer was, I'm half a Muslim. i And the officer naturally was taken aback. Says, What is this Muslim? I drink wine. I don't eat pork. He was trying to diffuse the tension in an otherwise very, very difficult situation. We will see this kind of mixture many more times. Over the next episodes, we will have a lot of opportunity to meet Ghalib the Wit, the Ghalib the philosopher, Ghalib the lover. I just thought that before we dive into his poetry... It's good to get a sense of the man and his times. And that is what we have done um, in this episode. If you want to dig deeper into any of the ideas we have discussed today um, or read more about Ghalib and his poetry, I encourage you to visit the show notes where we have collected a whole bunch of resources that are out there, including the excellent website of Professor Francis Pritchard, which I have alluded to, Many times, there are also excellent video lectures by Ustad Ahmed Javed of Lahore, um, as well as many other uh, nice articles and books collected over there.
0: That was episode one, The Man and His Times. On the next episode...
1: What do we know about... uh, galib
2: personally
1: as a lover <laughs> make sure
0: you check out the show notes where we share the show resources and acknowledgments and don't forget to subscribe or follow our channel for future episodes Listening, you can't tell
1: me. You You
0: can't tell me. You can't tell